0: something about the seats of the chakras in
1: the head. The, of it
2: in the, head. You see the, the body is like the area of government in a state. The head, the sasrara is like the head office where all the commanders of the various districts actually sit and live and have their seats and communicate with each other. When they need to they can descend into that part of the body where the chakra is official going on tour to sort out his area. But the seats of all the deities is in Saastara. And that is where they sit and communicate with each other. And sort of with Agna here, front agna. Here at the Yogesh is the Vishuddhi. Here in the center is the heart and here at the back is the uh, Navhi mm-hmm. and here at the back very rare where some people have a lump with uh, Ganesha and and surrounding them on either side are the two Swadhisthana, as left and left right and right so this is the structure of the chakras in the head now from this you can see that if left Swadhisthana is caught on this side for instance it can entrap ego and if right Swadhisthana is caught it can entrap the superego it's people who are caught on left Swadeshthana in fact often manifest through the ego where there's a the direct connection and the, they begin to spout all sorts of nonsense. I think many people have seen this. And the Muladhara is here also, you see. And regarding Left Swatishana, you cannot clear left Swadeshtana until you have cleared out the Muladhara chakra. Or until the Muladhara chakra is open. The only chakra that can clear down is the Muladhara. I think this is something people have to understand. And the best way to clear the Mulavara chakra is to take the mantra of Lord Ganesha four times, not three times. And you can all try this now, um, saying the mantra of Lord Ganesha four times. When you say mantras, I mean, it's okay to sing them, but if the singing is a ritual, then it just takes you to the left. And I prefer just... So we can say it like this. Om Tamera Saksha, Sri Ganesha Saksha, Shri Adi Shakti Mata Ji Sri Nirmala Devi Namanama. Om Tamera Saksha, Sri Ganesha Saksha, Shri Adi Shakti Mata Ji Sri Nirmala Devi Namanama. Om Daksha, Sri Ganesha Saksha, Shri Adi Shakti Mata Ji Sri Nirmala Devi Namanama. Om Daksha, Sri Ganesha Saksha, Shri Adi Shakti Mata Ji Sri Nirmala Devi Namanama. When oh. you say it at the end, it just pulls them all together. What is to us? from um, the the Left Swadishtana was worked out, especially in the time of the Prophet Muhammad, because the path of Arabia in which he was born, the Hijab, is the part that is adjacent to Africa, which as we know is the Left side of the universe. The Prophet was born as the representative of the void, um, as being Sri He worked more on the Left, gave birth to the goddess Sri Mahalakshmi as Fatima, who was the ruling deity of that and she married Sri Hazra who was the incarnation of Lord Brahmadeva, Lord of the Right So at the time of the Prophet, Lord Brahmadeva was given the two great shaktis of Sorry, Sean is clearer now, on your left side clearer. discrimination is a function of the Kundalini. It is therefore to work automatically. The seat of discrimination is in the Hamsa Chakra. I think everyone knows this. And so you therefore have to work out how to make the Hamsa Chakra strong. Now we know that the Hamsa Chakra lies here. Okay? Now the things that make the Hamsa Chakra strong are first of all good ghee here or any sort of oil strengthen the nerves there. The second thing which gives the Hamsa chakra power is perfume, fragrance, put into the nose. Things like balm or any sort of natural perfume. I don't mean the various colognes and aftershaves that you buy in the shops. I mean the pure essences, pure oils, which are I think now available in most European cities. That also strengthens the power of the Hamsa. Now the Hamsa works like this. The two Nadis go from the Hamsa and expand into many little nadis which pass through the brain before coming out of the back, you see. So if you do pranayama, that also strengthens the hamsa. In the name of Sri Mata you, do pranayama. Breath control. Um, people will teach you how to do that. That also clears out the brain, you see. So the hamsa, in fact, is one of the chakras which cleanses the brain. Another thing you can use is neti which is pouring salt water into one nostril and letting it come out of the other nostril. That also cleanses the Hamsa and sucks things out of the brain. Then the third thing you can do is that the Hamsa is very closely connected with the eyes, especially the inner canthus of the eye is connected in some way with the Hamsa. Hence the chairs flow through the channel into the nose and come out and cleanse the Hamsa. And if you create artificial tears by putting in kajal or kohal or honey into the eyes, that also clears out the hamsa chakra. And you must specially concentrate on the inner canvas here and here. So you start like this and go out. And make sure that it's well connected here. And that's why dirt you see in the eyes collects here and you take it out. Um, And these are various techniques to strengthen the hamsa. And if you strengthen the Hamsa, the power of discrimination will work automatically. Like all the other powers of the body, it has to work automatically.
0: Next one. Okay. Dr. Rustam, the uh, Srinivasan speaks quite a about that, you know, the powers of the conscious mind as a part of our awareness and self-strength. Can you speak a little bit about that?
2: the power of the conscious mind is where the conscious awareness becomes aware of all these things that are going on automatically Okay, so where it can perceive that which is coming in and knows what it is doing and can decode the information this only occurs when the agnea is highly developed when the power of the conscious mind perceives things, it can then sometimes work out, consciously, how to strengthen chakras by seeing connections and interconnections, like when I described to you how the is cleanse. This is done by conscious awareness, by seeing connections between different parts of the Kundalini system. You see? And then using that consciousness to direct the body, to work things out, like, for instance, putting kajal in your eyes is a conscious act. The thing is that most conscious acts, though, often pass into unconsciousness once they have become established as part of this structure of the being. Another way the conscious minds act is by, uh, by perceiving a problem. They can then throw the problem upwards into the sastrara into the awareness and leave it for the Tantra to work things out. Another way the conscious mind works is by strengthening the Tantra. You can see a weakness in a part of your body. And then in conscious meditation, or in meditation, get to the conscious mind the information whereby, a sort of inspiration whereby you know how to, to cleanse this part, or to how to strengthen this loophole. And then using that awareness which has come into your conscious mind to do that which you have become aware of. But these are the powers of the conscious mind. The conscious mind, to some extent, is connected with the awareness. The difficulty though sometimes the conscious mind gets captured by the evil, and that's where difficulties sometimes arise. is intelligence actually the conscious mind uses buddhi especially pure intelligence should the buddhi to work things out if you like intelligence is one of the vehicles of the conscious mind but the conscious mind is really awareness it's a separate thing can you discuss the relationship of the karma to the individual ego to an individual's personality. In Sanskrit, karma means that which needs to be done, which has to be done. And karma is a a result of lots and lots of events happening to you, which produce reactions within you, which therefore cease to manifest themselves through the active agent in your being, which is the ego. This is in a non-realized soul, and this is the meaning of samsara, because when your ego acts, then there's a reaction to the actions of your ego, and that gets stored up once more on your left side, and changes the nature of your desire. I hope people understand this. For example, you may have a desire to buy something, or to have something, say roast turkey for Christmas and you have your roast turkey for Christmas, and perhaps been burnt, and that experience is fed into your uh, left side, and it will affect whether you want roast turkey again next Christmas. It's a very banal way of putting it, but that basically is the process that is going on all the time in human beings. Now, what happens is karma is something individual. Um, When you go into meditation, these desires reappear as daydreams, the thing that the first question we were asked. But if you witness them, you see they don't go into your ego and they don't lead to action. Rather they go out through the sastra and are lost. So and that is one way of dissolving the karma is to meditate. And that's why meditation is so important. Especially meditation with the right hand on the ground because all this stuff gets to be sucked out. Um Basically, if you want to... Karma is stored up in the left side and if you want to release yourself from the bonds of karma which is necessary if you are to get total liberation you have to work on the left side. Well, your personality is... I mean, it's obvious that it? your personality is made up of your desires and your fears and your previous conditions if you've been bitten by a dog, you'll always be afraid of a dog. If you've had an unhappy marriage in your previous life, you'll always be afraid of marriage. So, I mean, you can see it's a mosaic of so many previous experiences. Anyone else? Dr. Huston, how can we strengthen our mirror have any ways to strengthen a chakra? Okay? Now this is where you can use your conscious ego to say, I want this chakra to be strong. But one of the ways is to take the mantra of the deity. It's a very important way. Without, Because you see, unless your chakra is strong, you do not know how to strengthen it. It's a paradox. Um, so, by taking the mantra of the deity, you leave it to the deity to decide which makes life much easier for yourself. I think that is the strongest way to strengthen a chakra. Then, as your awareness of the chakra expands, which it will do if you take the mantra of the deity, other means of strengthening that individual chakra will come to mind. As you know, each chakra is related to one of the five elements. And you can use those elements to strengthen the chakra. In the case of the Muladhara chakra, the element is the earth. So you sit on the earth. Then you begin to see other means of strengthening chakra. You can do physical things like putting kumkum on it. You can put perfume on it because you know that the quality, of the positive agent of the Muladhara chakra is fragrance. Then another quality of the Muladhara chakra is cleanliness. So you keep your body clean, which means bathing many times a day if necessary. Then, um, like this, you go on and on and on. It's much better to work on the chakra directly rather than trying to keep your eyes on the ground and castigating yourself every time you have a bad idea. And these things don't get you anywhere. If your chakra is strong, you won't have bad ideas. You know. So it's better to work from inside rather than outside. If you work on the bad ideas, it's working from outside inwards. It never works in our yoga. You have direct access to the deity of the chakra, you have direct access to the inner layers of the chakra, work on those, and they will work outwards and eventually cleanse the chakra. Then you have the Bija mantras of the chakra, which are known, I think, to most I mean, the information should be available now in any center. Since the tape was made by Shri Mataji about eight years ago, I seem to remember. Um, so all these things exists, you see, means of clearing a chakra. And as you go on and on, as your awareness expands, you'll find more and more ways to clear out any individual chakra. But the essence of the Mudadhara chakra, as I said yesterday, is total surrender to the powers of the divine, the absolute, and the way a child is surrendered to the divine, the absolute. The Mudadhara chakra is also, in a way, the chakra of the creation. Because this is the earth element, the gross material creation. And one of the ways to strengthen the Muladhara Chakra is by love for the creation and by nurturing the creation. The Muladhara Chakra consists of pure worship also. And devotion certainly strengthens the Muladhara Chakra. And worship in a sense, in an atmosphere or an aura of holiness. So the, the awareness of one's being as being holy, has been a temple of God, I think it's very important for the Muladhara chapter, that's why it was the Lord Christ who said your bodies are temples of God, of the Atman, you see. The Lord Ganesha, you see, is born of the Mother and descends to worship the Father in the Atman, which is a way of saying that his whole life, in fact, is devoted to the worship of the Absolute in its form of Mother or Father. And if your whole life is devoted to the worship of the Absolute then the muladhara Chakra has to strengthen. I think it's very gross to think of the muladhara Chakra as being only concerned with sex. I mean, if you are sexually perverted or doing anything wrong sexually, this can be easily overcome by the power of holiness. If you just surrender yourself to the power of the Divine, thing will go away. In fact, a Sahaja yogi shouldn't really grapple with such problems because they take his the attention downwards. He should ignore such problems and remain in meditation and worship. And the very act of being in that will get rid of all these other problems that exist which Westerners take so seriously. If you worship in an atmosphere of holiness, your, your awareness has a time to go to others. If you try and suppress yourself, you see, it's no good. You have to know yourself and means you facing yourself with all your faults and weaknesses. Sometimes it can be a very unpleasant experience to know that you are this. But there's no alternative. Because until you know and accept that you are this, you cannot change it. Because one of the essences of Sajjoga is honesty. And again, the Mooladhara Chakra is concerned with honesty and with truth. Um, and you have to be honest and truthful with yourself. There's no room for hypocrisy. The Muladhara chakra is anti-hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy has no place in innocence. And finally, the Muladhara chakra is about love, because I the Lord Ganesha has created in such a way that he knows every aspect of his parents' creation, his mother's creation. But love means love. I mean, love doesn't have to express itself. Sometimes the most powerful forms of love are silent. Because they create waves of relias around you, which affect the object of your love. And when the love is not individual, but collective,
1: not personal,
2: then it becomes even more powerful. When you love a person simply because that person belongs to a certain category of people. Um, for example, you will love all because they, they are Sarajogis because there is A or B or C. And you love all secrets because they are secrets. This sort of impersonal collective love also is a part of the of our chakra. And you can see that it is the opposite of the personal and um, destructive love which people sometimes, the so-called love which people get into. See,
0: if you feel this impersonal
2: love which has nothing to do with a person's individuality, then that destroys the other so-called love I mean, they are opposites to each other. They cannot coexist. That is why it's so easy for people who have a good Muladara Chakra to marry anyone that is given to them. The very fact that, that that person is a man and given to them in the form of a husband is enough because it invokes that impersonal collective love which exists between every wife and wife. That's why the power of a strong Muladhara chakra, both well, transcends. The Muladhara chakra actually is the foundation of collectivity. Because the Lord Ganesha sees only the whole of his mother's creation and his mother. He's not, concerned, not concerned with any individual. He's only concerned with individuals in the way they are connected to mother. Hence, someone who has a strong Muladhara chakra only sees people in relation to your humanity. They're not interested in the individual. They're not interested in the individual. And this saves you from a lot of pitfalls. The pitfalls of Yoga arise with individual relationships that go beyond the mariadas which are prescribed to you. when you see an individual as being more important than the collective, as expressed through Shri These are all very important functions in the world. Aren't you? Surrender, you see. It's, it's a combination, it's very really hard to describe it, but it consists of surrender, of devotion, of love, and all these things give rise to purity. And you have to see purity as being a result of love. You understand what I mean? It's like a fruit is a fruit of a tree. You try and create the fruit without the tree, I mean you're doing a nonsense. <laughs> but if you try to attain purity without establishing the, concept, the qualities of the one's approach approaches, love, worship, holiness and devotion to one's mother, surrender, then you can't do it. It's like you know, getting a chicken before the egg. That's why it's so important to go to the root of the Maladhara chakra, to take the root mantras of the Maladhara chakra, and in that way to strengthen And then the powers that have been awakened in that way will produce their secondary and tertiary effects as malayas, as ripples going out, and you will get strengthened. Not the other way around. Next question.
1: and Because I think there's a lot of Mind
2: games tricking this way, this way, hiding behind Inactivity is internal. Lethargy is external. Inactivity doesn't mean that the body doesn't move, it means the spirit remains still. Sometimes the most inactive person can be the most active physically. In inactivity, the awareness is clear. In lethargy the awareness is fogged. And you can see it in the face of a person, a man who is inactive. is has a golden glow in his face. A man who is lethargic has greenish or bluish colours to his skin. Left-sided people, right left people become red. So these are the, this is what I mean and it's up to you, you see, I mean every individual here has the power of discrimination every individual here is has awakened, every individual here has realized if you wish to delude yourself, as I said the power of the monadharacharya was honesty if you wish to lie to yourself about yourself then no one can stop you and it's your responsibility and then you've entered the a slippery slope downwards, from which it's so difficult to escape, but once that movement is very difficult to you. sleep that comes when you have received a lot of vibrations, which is yoga, nidra. A lot of people go to sleep immediately after a puja, when the vibrations begin to work within them and change chakras and all of things. So the sleep that comes when you're, well, I think the only way to handle this is to go to sleep. But don't go home to sleep. You sleep there and there, and while you are sleeping you will clear up. That's why vajjans have been created. To, because they're producing vibrations, especially when they're done in the presence of three masters. And those vibrations are what make one sometimes very sleepy because they're working on the left side. Like you can't keep awake rather and torture one. Once you go to the back and go off to sleep for as long as it's necessary. And that's a good way to clear yourself out.
0: It is tapas, as uh, has been mentioned by Dr. Wells, and it is necessary, as uh, Dr. Bujolji said, that at the point of bhajan, which is an expression of devotion to Sri Mataji, that uh, the chakras and the heart chakras emanate the vibrations, which are there for you to take. And they will come into you and can make you sleepy. This is a common enough thing. It happens to each and every but especially as the days are quite long and sometimes time. Whenever this has happened, it's uh, to me and I have had the good fortune of being sitting in front of Shri Mataji, and she notices the sleepiness. The instructions come, sing along with the singers, clap loudly, take in the vibrations, and when one does that, in 10 minutes' time, or less than that, as long as you start to it's uh, your tiredness goes, your sleepiness goes, you're with the collective. So that kind of sleepiness is also one where you're feeling sort of pulled away from the whole collective because the rest of the people are involved, the rest of the people are involved in the building. So you have a choice. Thank you.
2: <laughs> the essence really is to dispel whatever the um, you can either do this by sleep or you can do this by clapping. Clapping tends to work though on the higher chakra. And if the sleepiness is something from very deep down, sometimes it has to work the other way. It's up to you to work out how you do it. My experience was in the beginning, I used to sleep a lot, but now I don't sleep so much. Um, as one's left side tears out. the question
1: mm-hmm.
0: The question concerns uh, the mantras of the Mula Darth. I noticed we use Sri Ganesh and uh, a few months ago we were talking to you Shri Ganesh Gallery. Right. Oh. Uh, it was it's on the uh, uh mantra sheet.
2: Shri Ganesha Gauri tends to have mourned Kundalini itself. Sri Ganesha tends to have mourned the Muladhara Chakra. So you should discriminate between using which one. I think you're saying, as it was an instruction, that from now on it should use nothing else except Ganesha Gauri. That is a mistake. You should discriminate which one. And you can feel yourself, I mean. When you say a mantra, you should feel. So, a question about another kind of
1: sleepiness.
0: Most of us experience sometimes when we're with groups of negative people or negative individuals we suddenly become sleepy.
2: Again, in my belief is the best way to do that is to go to sleep. Um sometimes if people are very heavily caught up on the left, one does go to sleep because they suck your awareness into their left side. I mean it's up to you, I mean if you feel that sleepy that you can't sleep away, if you should go let it go. The danger in this form of thing is that if you if you are not strong, you will find it hard to come out again from that sucking into the left side. Actually, if you have a strong Argya chakra, you won't fall asleep that much. So it is the Argya chakra that keeps the Hida and the Pingala within in order, but rather than your chakra, you the individual back into the center. But it is really the power of the Prashungna, the alzheimer, which allows you to do this. But sometimes you must be goes so to speak. When the case but the left side of the surface, that is the way to clear it out. Um, that's, I, I can't think of as any other thing. There's also <laughs> a form of sleep where you suddenly Dr. much to being aware of so be strength
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Woodson, um, to strengthen and deepen are capacity to love. is it important for us or not to meditate on the spirit, on the atmosphere within our heart? and as you spoke of here today, you can into that or
2: is it more important to put that awareness in the heart centre at the summertime? Neither of these are going really to help you much. The asma is totally detached without his love at the top head. It has nothing to do with any of these qualities. The asma is totally detached. The asma is totally detached. Whether the universe is saved or destroyed, the ashram remains always dispassionate about the job. Love in fact comes from other regions, and to try and concentrate on the sansara to produce love, I think is not correct. One shouldn't concentrate on anything to produce anything. That is a form of contrition. Shrimati said to me, I remember last year, that any attempt to produce a specific effect. Yoga, even by puja or mantra, is, in a form, is, a sense, is a form of tantrism. The two ways to work with that yoga is to say mantras detached with, emptiness without any awareness of what the result of Rather than to use A mantras, to do A. Mm-hmm. In life, in, in distinguishing between activity and inactivity, in our but this whole business of you know this whole industry is enough up of to concentrate on this to produce this, to concentrate on that to produce that, to concentrate on this, this to produce that. to get a specific result, never. I just shoe beat in order to purify the situation. I'm not sure what purification the situation may mean. You may shoe beat a job to get a job, but it may be the purification of the situation that you don't get the job. And the same with abundance, exactly. You cannot do something to get an effect. That is magic. Magic is something. You can only do these things to purify a situation and leave the results to God. Only God knows what is
1: pure and what is
2: That is why people get upset that suddenly funders don't work out. They always work. It's just that you don't, may not, they may not do what you want.
1: We have to be a uh, full of humility, kindness, um compassion to another and passion. But uh, uh, when dealing with non-side yogi, you
0: know, they don't realize it and they there as easy or leasing. Uh you know, they take advantage of your humility. Uh, how to deal with that? Uh can you know,
1: can you get angry on them on I think
2: if they take advantage of you because of your humility, so called then you deserve it. There's also an aspect of law which is terrible and destructive. But isn't it just the, the whole point? Is that one should neither be humble nor be opposite. One should just be what one is. And near to the powers of the deities within you to work in that. There was one chap I remember in Saudi Arabia who got Coster uh, and gave gave me some trouble. And he was a married man and suddenly became impotent. of God I never did this to him. There was a woman in Darby, I remember, objected to my lighting the flame to do my puja in my room. And that weekend, a husband actually gave his finger cut off. I think David Spira remembers. to me. Um, I didn't do that. That was the power of God. But the power of God can be terrible also. So God is not just, You know, humble. and not And Christ is done. That I come not to bring peace, but to bring disorder. That father against son, and brother against brother. So I think that uh, there is a class of Sahajogis who believe that if they go through a life humble, sweet, and beautiful, that they deserve the flowers of heaven. But often what they do is they they kill their fellow Sahajogis in pools of flowing honey. <laughs> the mantra if you say the mantra with the attention in the heart you're never saying it from the heart of course it's very powerful because when it, the heart is the nerve center of the entire body. It begins in the heart and ends in the head, the first trial. Mm-hmm. You automatically
1: <laughs> 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 yesterday, you were
0: spoken about Chitta, Viggo, and Ego. How we can know the something that we want to do or you have to do comes from Viggo or from in the Ego?
2: How you know, I do not know. Just as you know when you have vision.
0: who live in India to have been able to welcome you and also to thank you for the gifts that you brought, uh, the presents, the love that you brought with you. I think one thing in these gifts, uh, as you have done, is very interesting that normally when say at a Christmas time you go and buy a gift for someone, you buy a particular gift in a particular way that satisfies your ego, which will satisfy that person's ego, your status, his your status, so But Here it was everything that you got directed to Shri She gave it and with great joy and enthusiasm. People were here to see her in that form of She Lakshmi as well, giving things away. So just on behalf of all the Indians that were here, I wanted to thank you. I just wanted to add a few things because in the last Four months. It has been um, a unique experience for me to have been uh, very lucky to have been with Shimataji almost all the time, and at least in most of the major talks and most of the major pujas. And one thing that I found is that whatever set of mind that we have put ourselves in, in wanting to understand the Divine, she starts manifesting in that form. Now one example is that uh, before she came to India, there is a stotram written by Shishankara called the Dakshinamurti Stotram, which some of you might have read. And in the beginning line of that is, isn't it amazing that under a tree (coughs) sits the young Guru, surrounded by the aged disciples, this is Dakshinamurti's Lord Shiva. His face is shining and in silence, simply with the gesture of giving, imparting the knowledge, the hand gesture giving the knowledge.
3: The depth of meditation is immeasurable. Because the
2: the nature of meditation is the absolute.
3: Because the nature of meditation is absolute. Is the absolute. Is the absolute. Which is infinite. Which is infinite. How to reach it is by sinking into it. How to reach it is by sinking into it. In silent meditation. In silent meditation. Without resistance. Without resistance. And the desire for surrender. And the desire for surrender. With through inactivity.
2: Through inactivity.
3: inactivity.
2: Activity through inactivity. Activity
3: through inactivity. As Lao Tse said. As Lao Tse said. Okay. I didn't say okay. Finish. Next question. Another question. Can you
0: <coughs> elaborate on sthiti?
3: The gentleman wants him to elaborate on Nirvikalp sthiti. means uh, the word the Sanskrit word kip, which from which kalpa comes means to make plans, to doubt. To this use. the Sanskrit word kip kalpa. <laughs> Kilp means... Kilp, from which to... That is the dhatu of kalpa. The, that means? Um, to plan. To. It means to plan. To make uh, resolution. To make resolutions. So hence, um, there's a saying. What's it? Vikalpa or something. Nirvikalpa. No, no, there's a saying. Um, something, um, something kalpa vikalpa karomi. God says, I make your plans into non- nothingness. God says, I make your plans into nothingness. Is it? So Nirvikalpastiti is a state where you do not doubt any aspect of your existence. Nirvikalpstiti is that state in which you do not doubt anything about your existence. Either yourself. Either yourself. Or God. Or God. Or your own nature. Or your own nature. So everything flows automatically. So everything flows automatically <coughs> without your need to do anything. Without your need to do anything. Now, since Sri Mataji is God. Now, since Sri Mataji is God, it follows that without having total undoubting faith in her. It follows that without having total undoubting faith in her, you cannot attain nirvikalpa. You cannot attain nirvikalpa. And you're not simply in her Shri Mataji, but as her,
2: as the divine, the absolute and the whole of the creation put together.
3: You you not only have in her Sri Mataji, but you have the divine. The divine, the absolute, the absolute and the whole of the creation. And the whole of the creation. So until you do not doubt her in these aspects. And unless you stop doubting her from these aspects. It is hard to attain Nirvikalpa. It is impossible to attain Nirvikalpa. Next question Yes? The way to eliminate doubt is to know God. <coughs> the way to eliminate doubt is to know God. Know God. And to know that God sits before you in the form of to know it. And to know that God sits in, front, in front, front of you in the form of Sri Mataji. To know it, really to know it without as a fact of life as the trees are green. To know it as a fact. Yes? What is the ultimate point of What's bhakti? Ultimate goal, or ultimate? ultimate goal or point? What is the highest point of bhakti? The highest point of bhakti is when bhakti disappears. The highest point of bhakti is when bhakti disappears. Because bhakti is seeking to attain, but when you have attained, that is the highest point. Because bhakti is seeking to attain When when you have attained, you have already reached the highest point … and then you have no need for it anymore … and so, you have no need for bhakti. is that can you meditate without resistance to be given an example for the sake.
2: You see, when you sit in meditation without resistance, what does it means You sit there? Without expectation,
3: without knowing what is
2: going to happen.
3: When you sit in meditation without expectation and without knowing what is going to happen, that is without resistance. And whatever happens, you accept it in witness without reaction. And whatever happens, you accept it and witness it without any reaction. In detachment. And with detachment. Whatever vibrations flow to you. Whatever vibrations flow to you. You accept them without analysis. You accept them without analysis. And their results without analysis. And also accept the results without analysis. You accept your transformation. You accept your transformation. Without any mental process. Without any mental process or comparison, or comparison, and that is meditation without resistance. And that is meditation without resistance. Because in truth, one meditates. One is, should be, or one is, in meditation in every moment of one's life. Because in truth, one is in meditation at every moment of his life. That is meditation without resistance. That is meditation without resistance. The moment one begins to think, am I meditating or not? The moment one begins to think whether I am meditating or not. Then one is no longer meditating. Then one is no longer meditating. <laughs> ji said one has to become helpless like a child. Shri Mataji says one has to become helpless like a child. In her speech in the puja. In her speech at a puja. At this puja. At this puja. At this puja. Because only when you are like a child, because only when you are like a child, can the powers of God act for you. Can the powers of God act for you? If you insist on walking, if you insist on walking, God cannot carry you. God cannot carry you. So the essence of the Muladhara chakra, so the essence of the Muladhara chakra, is surrender to God, is surrender to God, in the form of a helpless child, in the form of a helpless child, to its parent, to its parent. And the essence of meditation (laughs) and the essence of meditation begins begins and lies in the Muladhara Chakra and lies in the Muladhara Chakra. And ascends to all the other chakras after that. And ascends to ascends to all the other chakras after that. That is meditation without resistance. That is meditation without resistance. one has to
4: feel all this on the central nervous system. In this, can the state be elaborated? You see, One
3: has to feel this all on the central nervous system, so our friend wants to know whether this can be elaborated. You see, the central nervous system is the... Can I sit down? You don't mind if I sit down? No. <laughs> the central nervous
2: system is the means of perception of the body. Central
3: nervous systems is a means of perception of the body.
2: In an unenlightened state, it perceives... Gross ma- things.
3: In an unlight, unenlightened state, it perceives only gross things. When it is enlightened, when it is enlightened, it perceives subtle things. It perceives subtle things. So, an enlightened brain. So, an enlightened brain can see vibrations. Can see vibrations. No vibrations. No vibrations. And know what to do for vibrations. Uh-oh. And know what to do. And know what to do for vibrations but the old sanskrit scholars like sri shankara but the old sanskrit scholars like sri shankara made a distinction made a distinction between buddhi between buddhi chitta chitta and ahankara and ahankara between one's intelligence between one's intelligence one's awareness one's, one's awareness and one's ego and one's ego nowadays in the 20th century people think they are all the same Nowadays in the twentieth century people think they are all the same. But the chitta is the enlightened brain. But the chitta is the enlightened brain. The buddhi is that which analyzes and uses it. The buddhi is that which analyzes and uses <laughs> it. And the ego should be the instrument of the former too. And the ego should be the instrument of the former too. <coughs> but in fact, in most people But in fact in most people it is the opposite. It is the opposite. The ego tries to use this as, it, as its instrument. The ego tries to use the other two as the instrument. And this is where um, evil
2: was, uh, results from.
3: And this is where evil results from because the chitta and the buddhi, because the chitta and the buddhi of an enlightened soul of an enlightened soul is divine. Is divine. And when the ego tries to manipulate the divine, and when the ego tries to manipulate the divine, then one becomes rapturous. Then one becomes a rakshasa. That is it. That is it. I think the last portion was very important because that hits the nail on the head. When you reach the enlightened state, is the buddhi still there or does it merge with the divine and the vibrations? You see, you don't. Okay. Now can you just when you reach the enlightened state, buddhi
1: still there?
3: The question is, when you reach the enlightened state, is the buddhi still there or it is merged into the mind? Divine. The divine. Or merged into the divine, I'm sorry. Okay. You see, this question means one doesn't understand what happens at realization. Mm-hmm. This question means... This question means... That one doesn't understand the meaning of enlightenment. That one does not understand the meaning of enlightenment. One doesn't attain it, it is given to one. One doesn't attain enlightenment, it is given to one. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Who is Sri Mataji? Who is Sri Mataji? First quest, first thing you have to understand. First thing that is to be understood. And this was made clear in the lives of Sri Buddha and Sri Mahavira. And this was made clear through the lives of Sri Buddha and Sri Mahavira. Who could not attain but were granted enlightenment. Who could not attain but they were granted their enlightenment. The, se- the second is that the buddhi is just one of the many instruments of the body. Buddhi is just one of the many instruments of the body, of the atma. Of the atma, in enlightenment. In enlightenment, the atma is awakened. The atma is an- awakened by the grace and power of God. By the grace and power of God, and, and permeates and permeates the entire the entire body body in its three koshas. In its three koshas, enlightening it, enlightening it. So it is not that the buddhi becomes divine. (coughs) So it is not that the buddhi becomes divine. But that divinity enters the buddhi. But the divinity enters buddhi. Along with all the other parts of one's being. Along with its entering into all the other parts of the being. So that is how the buddhi becomes enlightened. And that is how the buddhi becomes enlightened. Yes please. One minute please. To, to attain the total, yoga. Yoga. T- total yoga, how to <coughs>
2: attain. <coughs> the
3: question is <coughs> how to attain total yoga. It's very simple. The moment you are surrendered to, to the absolute, you have attained it. It is very simple. The moment you have totally surrendered to the absolute, you have attained that state. Doctor, shall I be loud, speak for a while? No. Is it all now? No, no, no. no. Shall I oh, sh- you. That's is mine. We have changed our loudspeaker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't mind sitting there. All right. <laughs> the speaker yes, sir. wants the loudspeaker to continue. All right. Yes,
5: sir.
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah. The, the, the distinctions between awareness and attention.
5: Okay, there is no difference between awareness and attention. They're the same. The Sanskrit word for them is the same, the chitta. There is no difference between awareness and attention. The Sanskrit word is the same, the chitta. Now, you see, the whole question of putting one's attention on things, the whole question of putting one's attention on things, is in a sense wrong. Is in a sense wrong. Because that is human activity. Because that is human activity. And all human activity tends to go against the divine. And all human activity tends to go against the divine. So rather, you have to let your attention go where it wishes. So rather, you have to let your attention go where it wishes. Guided by the divine. Guided by the divine. One of the forms the divine took. One of the forms the divine took was as Parthasarathy. Of One of
3: the forms that the divine took was in the form of Parthasarthi, which was the, the charioteer of Arjuna, Lord Krishna, the charioteer of Arjuna.
5: Which was the charioteer of Arjuna, Lord Krishna. Lord Krishna. And in that way, it's a symbol that the divine is your charioteer. And in that way, it's a symbol that the divine is your charioteer. It doesn't take arms for you. It doesn't take arms for you. But it guides you, but it guides you into those fields of activity, into those fields of activity in which you use your capacities, in which you use your capacities. Now you know that the great instrument of all Sahaj Yogis is the attention. The great instrument of all sahaj yogis is the attention. It has unlimited weapons and powers. It has unlimited weapons and powers. So if you push it into a place, so if you push it into a place, In a sense, you misuse it. You can misuse it. In a sense, you can misuse it. But if you allow it to go where it wishes, But if you allow it to go where it wishes, Then it works of itself. Then it works of itself. And doesn't affect you. And doesn't affect you. In the early days of Sahaj Yoga, In the early days of Sahaj Yoga, People are given the freedom to push their attention here and there. People are given the freedom to push their attention here and there. In order to feel what it is like. In order to feel what it is like. But at a more advanced and mature level. But at a more advanced and mature level. You allow it to carry you. You allow it to carry you. And be your vehicle. And to be your vehicle. And that is the answer to your question, I think. And that is the answer to the question. So. <laughs> the
0: question,
5: sorry, sir. The question here: Why the Mahamaya of Sri Mataji? Without Maya, there is no creation. Without Maya, there is no creation. Because as Sri Shankara said. Because, as Sri Shankara said, all is God. All is God. And derived from God. And derived from God. And if we were not deluded and if we were not deluded, into forgetting we are the spirit, into forgetting that we are the spirit derived from God, derived from God, where would the creation be? Where would the creation be? That's the
3: answer.: <laughs> Yes: Yes. yes.
5: The question is, that the realized soul goes to moksha, what exactly does that mean? This is a difficult question to answer. (laughs) This is a difficult question to answer. Because moksha means liberation. (laughs) Because (coughs) moksha means liberation. Can I just ask, is this any better? No, No, it's much worse.
1: (laughs) Those who <laughs> feel it's
5: better, raise their hand.
1: <coughs>
5: Those who feel it's worse, raise their hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a difficult question to answer. Yes, moksha consists in not being deluded anymore. Muksha consists in not being deluded anymore. And this derives from the fact again
1: that
5: <laughs> Muksha consists in not being deluded anymore. Okay. Um, and this derives from the fact that one can feel vibrations and vibrations are absolute. This derives from the fact that one can feel vibrations and vibrations are absolute.
2: If you are not deluded, therefore,
5: If you are not deluded, therefore, you should not sin. And a man who goes by his vibrations... And a man who goes by his vibrations... Attains God. Attains God. But this doesn't mean that after Realization everyone does this. But this doesn't mean that after Realization everyone does this. Many people still go on according to their old patterns of behavior. Many people still go on according to their old patterns of behavior.
2: If this goes the point,
5: and if this goes beyond the point, they can start the downward path to destruction. They can start the downward path to destruction. So moksha, so realization means that you have the capacity to attain moksha. So realization means that we have the capacity to attain moksha. But it still depends upon the way you use your human But it still depends on the way in which we use our human instrument. That is the meaning. This is the meaning of moksha
2: and realization.
5: And realization.
3: The, uh, education for yeah. education and bringing up the initial stages of vibrations that is what she's document too. whether that pushing is enough is to be done or Do you want
5: to ask that the question? Yes. What is the question? Yes. The question is what is the difference between pushing one's attention and being carried by one's attention? You
2: see I mentioned
5: mentioned initially that one can push one's attention as an exercise, initially. For the means of education. For, means for of the means of education. But for, the means of ascent, but for the means of ascent, one has to be passive. One has to be passive. And carried by one's attention. And carried by one's attention. Like Garuda. Like Garuda. Carries one upwards. Carries one upwards. Guruda is the vehicle of Sri Vishnu in his ascending form. <coughs> in his ascending form, and Lord Vishnu is Lord of the Nabi. Lord Vishnu is Lord of the Nabi,
2: which is the seat of the attention.
5: Which is the seat of the attention.
2: That is your, the answer.
0: Tell us something about
5: the chakras, the formless chakras above the Sahastrara. How does one recognize them and attain them? The question concerns the formless chakras above the Sahastrara. How can we recognize them and how can we attain them? Since they are formless, you cannot recognize them. (laughs) Since they are formless, we cannot recognize them one can attain them paradoxically by pushing the attention up one can attain them paradoxically by pushing the attention up through them
2: but since you can't recognize them there is nothing for you to aim at.
5: <laughs> but since you cannot <laughs> recognize them there is nothing for us to aim at so
2: eventually you invoke
5: so ev- eventually we invoke Sri <coughs> Mataji
3: in the, form of the of these chakras,
5: in the form of the Shakti of these chakras,
3: and of the Shakti of the Kundalini,
5: and, the the Kundalini,
2: and, ask, her
5: and ask her to do the job for us. And having, attained them, and having attained them,
2: one goes beyond this world of form and shape and matter.
5: One goes beyond this world of form and shape and matter and hence one enters a different sphere and hence one enters a different sphere where these questions do not arise or have no meaning where these questions do not arise or have no meaning
0: hmm? what is the meaning of what is the meaning of nirmananda
5: the question is, what is the meaning of Nirananda?
1: NIRANANDA?
5: NIRANANDA is the joy derived from Shri Adi Shakti. NIRANANDA is the joy derived from Adi Shakti. From Shri Adi Shakti. One has to understand JOY. One has to understand JOY. Of the As an instrument of the divine, expressing an aspect of its nature, an of its nature for, the of for the exaltation of mankind. It's not an end in itself. It's not an end in itself. The, state of the ultimate state. The ultimate state. The ultimate state is a state of total repose without qualities qualities. or attributes attributes. and when one is in that state There there is nothing so
2: that is the meaning
5: and the Nirananda state leads directly to that state of nothingness. So that is the meaning of Nirananda, and the Nirananda state leads directly to nothingness. that state of nothingness. To that state of nothingness. Which is the true nature of the divine. Which is the true nature of the divine.
1: Could <laughs> hmm? I find that? Yes, please.
0: Maha Yajna,
3: maha yajna. Maha yajna.
1: <coughs>
3: What is the form of Maha yajna? The, meaning of the meaning of Maha yagna? sacrifice. The yagna is a fire sacrifice, a fire sacrifice <laughs> from which vibrations, from which vibrations are put into matter, are put into matter.
2: A maha Yajna is a great fire
1: sacrifice.
3: A uh, Mahayajna is a great fire sacrifice because it's performed in the presence of Sri Adishakti. Because it is performed in the presence of Sri Let us start.
2: Any questions? Question <coughs> How do you mean not lost? How not to lose it? How can you lose it? question is how not to lose vibrations? I'm not sure what that question means. not to get out of sad Yoga?
4: Or to keep your oh attention at the Sasra? <laughs>
0: you, w- you choose. Yeah,
2: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy question to answer because basically you have to do those things which are prescribed to you to do. But you see, I mean, each case is different, and there are thousands of reasons why you can lose your vibrations. So it's very hard to, to give a specific answer. We have to see what is the individual quick case. I think we'll start, actually, with the mantra to enliven people up. I'll say the mantras. It is she's a pujanam, she's a Adishaktiya, she's a Mataji, she's in Irmaladeva. On to me, Sacha, okay. she own Karagane, Shakatika, Yeshikrishna, Karki Sacha, she had a Shakti, she's Mataji, she's in Irmaladeva. mantra, she's a Adishaktiya, she's a Mataji, she's in Irmaladeva. She paramatna own Kararishya. She serves a Haji Shri Adi Shakti Bhagavati Mataji Sri Nirmala Devi Devta Shri Omkara Sarvabhijani Shri Adi Shakti Sarvashaktya Shri Kilakani, Shri Adi Shakti Bhagavati Mataji Sri Nirmala Devi Poojanam Martha Prasidam Artha Sarvashaktya Prabodanam Artha Yogani Itishi Sityanam Grayeham Shri Adi Shakti Shri Mataji Sri Nirmala Devi Itishri Sumantrani Om to me Sakshatri Mahalakshmi Mahasaraswati Mahakali Trigunafrika Adi Kundalini Sakshatri Adishakti Bhagwati Mata Jisha Mahadevi Namanama Om to me Sakshatri Kalaki Adishakti Bhagwati Mata Jisha Mahadevi Namanama Om to me Sakshatri Kalaki Sakshatri Sastrara Swami Moksha Pradhani Mata Jisha Devi Namanama It is from after she is put in Om Shisaradishakti, she is Mahadevi Amad Namaiti Sakshatri Adishakti Bhagwati Mata Jisha Devi. hear you. Stand up. We do, I think. Every time we take the mantra we perform the puja to Sri Mantraji and Sri Brahmadeva. But generally Lord Brahmadeva is, is not worshipped because they think his job is finished really. His job was to create the whole universe, he's done it. Now he can rest. desires. Because daydreams have something to do with desire, isn't it you? Now what happens is that when you are normally in existence, you have all sorts of desires which exist in a potential form in your left side, based upon your previous experiences and um, the fulfillment or lack of fulfillment of past desires. They all crystallize as potential desires in your left side. When you meditate, the vibrations go in through your left hand, into the left side, and activate these <laughs> in the same way that shining light through a hologram produces an image. And the vibrations working through your, as it were, crystallized desires produces these images in your brain. The thing to do is to witness them. don't You cannot suppress them because they are a natural part of clearing out the left side. And, one, and people who particularly have left-sided problems will be prone to this. Instead of fighting it, which just, you know, activates a left-right battle, just let it flow over you in the same way that water flows over one. And after a period of time you find that the nature of your daydreams changes and after a while they'll disappear as the vibrations clear out your left side. If they're really distressing to you, you can put your right hand on the ground so that this stuff can be absorbed. So that's the significance of daydreaming during meditation. same sort of thing. When you get sleeping during meditation, sometimes, again, it's a left-sided phenomenon, where stuff in the left side is activated, perhaps dislodged. And if you do get sleepy during meditation, you can't bear it. The best thing to do is lie down. You may not fall asleep, but the fact of lying, especially if you lie on your right side, will allow this stuff to shoot out of the system. You see, and you may go into a sort of half-sleep all the stuff is coming out and you wake up very fresh after 5 or 10 minutes and you carry on meditating yeah. same question
5: mm-hmm. to recognize Mother as God is very important for our extent. is there a step by step way for
2: us to do that? well I think it occurs in a step by step way uh, to recognize is one thing to know and understand is another thing I think everyone recognizes, but to know and understand what this means, it takes a long time. And I think if you meditate regularly, um, without resistance, you know, without action, you will get there in the end, because God himself will guide you, you see. So the main thing in is not to try to do too too many things too fast, you have to be patient. Um, You have a whole lifetime ahead of you, you deep in every day if you meditate properly. I think there's, although there's a great deal to be said for collective meditation, there's also, I think, a great deal to be said for individual meditation. Because in individual meditation you, de- you develop your own capacities and personality and things, which if you do only collective meditations you may miss out on, and you can't go deep, because every individual has his own history which is separate from the history of every other individual and needs to be dealt with individually. So I think if you do a certain degree of individual meditation, as well as collective meditation, then you get some sense of who you are. People who meditate only collectively tend to become shallow and superficial because the individual aspects of their nature are being ignored. Self-realization, you see, is when you know yourself. You know who you are, you know the chakras within yourself, your kundalini is raised. God-realization is the knowledge, the absolute knowledge of the Divine, and an incorporation to that to a level totally different, where the collective absorbs the individual. Because I think one of the things you have to realize in Sahaja Yoga is that you get your self-realization, and you think about yourself in relation to God, people forget that this whole universe is created and run by God with all its immensity and vastness and if you are going to be God-realized you have to be able to encompass in your awareness the entire creation and and its maintenance and it's a big step from the individual to the collective you have to know what the divine is working out you see and that requires a very great degree of detachment because you cannot uh, appreciate the collective until you can go beyond the individual. When you cease to be concerned with individual concerns, only then can you go into the collective. So one of the essences, in fact, is detachment and witness. Because without that you cannot rise above the individual.
5: Was to do with discrimination with within about whom we towards people that we give realization to. And Matthias, what was the second part? The question was, what
3: about children? Very often, adults who got realization and negative, right? What about
0: children who walk on the street, you see on the street, you just raise the without the kid knowing, you know, this is a pundari, you don't know the person, you just know the kid. Is this something which we should do? Which is
5: Should we just give realization to children who are walking along the street? Is this something that's okay?
2: You see, I think that... If you are in a state of meditation, you won't notice people for a start. Unless there is some need to notice them. Um, You might suddenly be awakened by someone. You have the desire to give this person realization in which case you can give them realisation. What in fact would tend to happen if you were always in meditation is that automatically people get realisation without your being aware that you have done this. And there, you see, the Kundalini does the discriminating. It is that which decides who should get it and who shouldn't get it. And I think that is, in fact, the way to do it. If someone asks you for realisation, I think it would be very hard to refuse. Because everyone has the right to ask for realisation. Um, but after that, it is their responsibility to some extent. But the thing about Sahaja Yoga is that if someone asks you for something, then unless there's this asking is a play of negativity, it's very hard to refuse another human being this, because this will be held against you on, on the Day of Judgment. And I think as Sri Mataji tries to help everyone, who comes to her, so I think every individual Sahaja Yogi has a duty to help every human being who asks for it, to the nth degree, until such a point as you can't do anymore. I think it's very dangerous for a Sahaja Yogi to decide for himself who deserves and who doesn't deserve to be in Sahaja Because the accumulated weight of all the souls you have cast out from the grace of God will one day pull you down. I think that would be the answer to your question. I think the most important thing about is that we are here to serve. <coughs> you have to understand this. You are here to serve mankind. Um, and you have to do this with discrimination. In other words, you mustn't do those things which will weaken your capacity to serve mankind by getting involved with people who are overly negative if you cannot handle it. You see? That's the opposite side, the left-sided thing. The right side people hurl out people who don't need to be hurled out, left-sided people dragging people who don't need to be dragged in. There, there's no justification for dragging in someone who doesn't want it. All you do is weaken the collective because this person becomes a burden. I think that in future anyone who wants to ask questions should come in, come up here so they can answer, the, ask their own questions directly to the microphone and that way we can have a cue and it out so anyone who has questions just come and stand here and as the chance opportunity arises we'll answer your questions
0: Rustom yester- yesterday when speaking of going deep into meditation you talked about surrender can you tell us any particular advice to increase our ability to surrender you see, if,
2: if you are engaged in activity to increase your capacity to surrender, in a sense it is a paradox. The whole point of surrender is inactivity. So that's that would be the answer to your question, I think.
0: I should like to have your comment on this. Uh, in the West, when we are working on people, or other Sajayogis are working on us, we make bandham first. When in the West uh, we are working on other Sajayogis uh, or they on us, uh, we make a bandham first uh, around us and then around them. And I saw here Indians uh, do it completely different. Uh, we are uh, a bit afraid of the vibrations of the others. Here, they very often take uh, hands of the others and absorb, really, that by vibrations.
2: see, I think that if you do abandon before working on someone, that is the best situation. Um, and certainly if you're new in Yoga, you should never work in any other way. But if you get on in Sahaja and you get sufficiently strong, and you find that you can handle negativity, um, when it comes to you, then people take shortcuts and don't do it. But when people hold each other's hands, they're not working on each other so much. In a way, communicating through vibrations. I think that Indians don't have this idea of working on someone consciously. when you work on a person, you see, it depends very much on your attitude to the person. One of the things that Srimati said is that if you work on a person with pure love, then you never catch from that person, as a mother never catches from its child. But the capacity for pure love, I think, is missing in the West. Because the moment a human being comes near another human being, all sorts of other considerations begin to arise of a material form, Or a sexual form, and the capacity to be in pure relationship with another human being is very rare. And I think this is the reason why, perhaps in the West, one needs abundance more. But it's certainly never wrong to do abundance.
0: You have spoken yesterday of the homeless that were above us as But may you indicate us the name of the
2: deities of this chakras? There are no deities, it is just the Adi Shakti. Okay, thank you. But, I mean these are just powers, energies, you know, and the whole world of name and form is at a level, below the level of the Absolute. We know that one has to go above this. The names that are given to deities, in a sense, they are illusions. I mean, we know that God has no name because the name indicates finite nature and the infinite is beyond that. And the whole point is that the Ksastra is the cut-off point between the abstract.
4: आपको आत्मा के दर्शन नहीं हो सकते <coughs> अब इसे हमारे साइंटिफिक लैंग्वेज में मैंने आपसे कहा था कि लेफ्ट और राइट सिंपैथेटिक कहते हैं इसे नहीं कहते यह तो अंतर्हित अंडर अंडर करंट लेकिन इससे जो है बाहर उसे कहते और बीच वाली को पैरासिम्पेथेटिक parasympathetic nervous कहते हैं एक जो बीच की संस्था है ये जो भी आपकी शक्ति है जो आपके अंदर संचित शक्ति है जो आपके अंदर स्टोर शक्ति है और जो कि लिमिटेड है जो कि अनलिमिटेड नहीं लेकिन बिल्कुल ही सीमित है असीम नहीं है उसी सीमित शक्ति को I you that I will मैं you that I will tell 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 you सेंटर I और इस तरफ में लेफ्ट साइड और इस तरफ से राइट साइड की शक्ति आ रही है। और ये जो बीच में सेंटर है, इसमें से tell नाड़ी जा रही है। इसके you We लोगों ने अभी तक जो to तय the money. हैं, वो सारे to बने हुए हैं। शक्ति This नीचे में है, इसको is से money. This हर एक मंजिल पर एक एक चक्र है। जब इनको चक्र